The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, January 11th, 2024, season 19, episode number 106. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. i got Brian and Patrick here with me. Amber's not in today, but we're going to try to hold it down uh, in her absence. We're going to get into some uh, talk on the Green Bay defense versus the Cowboys offense. We'll also get some questions uh, here throughout the show. If you want to hit us up, uh, you can hit us up on our text line i'm looking around for that number uh tell you i'll get that number for you in just a second here it is here it is cowboys text line 817-290-3298 again 817-290-3298 patrick is monitoring that thing so he'll Uh, let me know if there's anything interesting that comes through there i've already got a few questions that i've gotten from some of you on twitter uh so we'll get to some of those and try to get some uh some good thoughts from you guys some questions from you guys that our panel here can answer uh so let's jump in I'll start first with some injury updates. We've got Stefan Gilmore, who uh, did not practice with shoulder injury. Uh, what are we hearing about him at this point? I uh, spoke with Stefan Gilmore yesterday in the locker room, and uh, he sounds like he's he's definitely going to be a go. Um, his comment was, whatever it takes. That's his quote. So he said that he's played through much worse over the course of his illustrious career. Uh, he knows exactly what these games mean. This is why he, you know, uh, was looking forward to helping put the Cowboys in this position. So barring a, a massive setback, I think you see Stephon Gilmore on the field. Same goes for Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith returned to practice yesterday, albeit in a limited capacity. But good news, he's on schedule to, to get back. Uh, Zach Martin, he rested yesterday. But the expectation is if he isn't back on the field today, it'll be before the end of the week. He will. Um, they expect that he'll be back on the field for the Cowboys as well. Full complement of offensive linemen there. Jonathan Hankins, uh, initially um, PR scared us just a little bit by putting did not participate next to him but turns out it was a a technical error he actually was a limited participant in practice yesterday uh, as he continues to work through his ankle injury so he's expected to play as well Uh, more positive news Malik Hooker the ankle injury that he's been dealing with for weeks now cost him the Buffalo game Um, he's back to full participation in practice so it looks like Malik Hooker is back to as close to 100% as you can get Cowboys overall trending in the right direction health-wise yeah, uh, you're going to get Gilmore's going to wear a harness on his shoulder. And, uh, you know, my experience with the harness is you're always worried about the range of motion because it's done with straps and, you know, laces and stuff like that to, to cinch it down to make sure that it's okay. Uh, and, you know, I was talking to some people about it. Have we come, you know, have we developed a better one? Uh, you know, and my, the comments were no. We've we've kind of we've we've really found one that works really well for our players that doesn't limit the range of motion that you have, but it, it's able to protect the shoulder, fits under the pads, and it it's just it it works very easily, and they're very comfortable with that. And so he'll give it a go. And uh, like Patrick was saying, you know, talking to him one on one, you know, he's you don't get many opportunities to play in playoff games, and so. You got to got to do what you can, and that's what he's doing. How concerned are you guys that uh, Tyler Smith, although he appears that he's going to be able to play, will still be limited by this uh, plantar fascia? Yeah, it's it's. Injury. I, I think it's 
I'll say this: it is uh, it's never good to have an all pro type of a player not play and be limited. Yeah. The thing that gives me a little comfort is the fact that we've seen T.J. Bass play at a, at a really solid level. And, you know, it, it's not like sometimes you throw guys in there and they just completely fall apart. And every time they've asked him to play, he's been up to the task. And he continues to get more experience. He continues to you know, work with Biotish and, and, and Tyron Smith and others and all that. So, uh, yeah, is it – do you want to – you know Tyler Smith to be out? No, absolutely not. But if it came down to he just can't go or he just can't play at this level, having T.J. Bass as that backup that they could put in there in the middle of a game and things not completely fall apart gives you at least some confidence that you can go win a game there. Yeah, that's got to make you feel good knowing that there's not this uh, monumental fall off as far as the talent level from Tyler Smith to T.J. Bass. Are they the same player? Absolutely not. Tyler Smith is is pro bowl caliber, all bowl, yeah. call pro caliber, but T.J. Bass, he's a gamer. He's been in there more than once this season and he's shown each time that he can uh, he can deliver. Um, now, that being said, uh, I was watching uh, in the media por- portion of practice yesterday, Tyler Smith was moving quote-unquote well um, in his individual drill, so that's promising. Of course, that's different from you know taking snaps yeah. and, and trying to anchor down and push up against you know 300 pound guys and 275 pound guys coming at you. But uh, it looks like he was moving a little. He was moving well. Uh, he wasn't favoring that foot, which is kind of what I was looking for. Um, and that wasn't that wasn't present yesterday. So he looks good. Looks on the right track. Uh, again, it'll be tested though uh, in the game, obviously. But if for whatever reason um, he kind of struggles or he has a setback during the game. T.J. Bass has shown, like Brian said, he can come in and he can get it done. A.J. Dillon popped up on the uh, the injury report for the Packers. He did not practice yesterday. How much would that be a blow for them uh, if they can't get A.J. Dillon ready? For I'm not a huge A.J. Dillon fan. Really? I'm not. And I'm, But I am a fan of, of Jones. Mm-hmm. And I think they're a different football team. You could watch the Giants game where Jones wasn't a part of it and Dillon was, and their offense wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, 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 I do, I do worry. I, I think with Dylan, I think he's lost that ability. There's no explosiveness to his game. It, it's much like watching, watch him get in the game and just completely wreck shop. <laughs> but it, it was almost like watching Zeke play at the end, yeah. where it, there wasn't the burst. There wasn't the the the. You knew in that body that there was a time where it was that way. Mm-hmm. But he he he's not the same player that he was, and I. I, the, the one like we talking about yesterday, Aaron Jones is the one that scares me. You know that it, how how committed will the Packers be to just lining up and seeing if Dallas and Dallas has played really well since the Buffalo game mm-hmm. on run defense. But how committed are they uh, to just lining up and running the football? Because you know Aaron Jones has had some really outstanding games against the Cowboys. Yeah. And, and Aaron Jones definitely he's the one you want to worry about. Uh, AJ Dillon though, it if he's not available for this game, it does impact what they're going to try to do because they try to play complementary football between their two running backs, not completely different from what the Cowboys try to do with Pollard and Rico. Uh, and Dillon also does give them at least some ability as a receiver out of the backfield as well. So I mean, this is a guy who rushed for more than 600 yards, uh, not far behind Aaron Jones in that capacity. So I mean. He, 
is he Aaron Jones? Absolutely not. But if he's not able to go or if he's hobbled or slowed, it's going to impact one of the bigger parts of their um, scheme, which is they're hoping to run the ball early and often against the Cowboys. Yeah, the way I look at it is it's more about like, touches. Obviously, Aaron Jones is not a guy you're going to line up and run 35 times, yeah, right? right? So you kind of want that balance. They want right. that balance yeah. between the two. And if they don't have him, then it becomes like who else is going to sure. be that back that they're going to use right. to spell Jones to still keep their running game going. Right. That'll be an interesting exactly. uh, development if they don't have him. All right, we're going to take an early quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to dive into the Green Bay defense. Got lots of questions there, as was the case on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, there's a lot of maybe good things, but not a lot of big names. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you back to the break sean polite is your 2023 cowboys fan of the year and now he needs your help vote for sean to be given the ultimate title of nfl fan of the year presented by captain morgan by casting your vote at nfl.com slash fan of the year Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break. We're live from the SWBC mortgage studios at the star. The segment is presented to you by blockchain.com all right, let's jump into the Green Bay defense, Brian. Big picture, tell me yeah. what this defense does best and where they are most challenged. I think they're really the the best thing they do is actually play is rush the passer. I I think when you look at uh, it's a three four front. It plays a mix of nickel and dime in the secondary. They'll play some four three front as a change up. Uh, they're very similar to the Cowboys' defense in a lot of metrics when it comes to, uh, you know, with the with playing with pass rush and pressures and things like that. Except 
Cowboys get far more interceptions. This group doesn't get any interceptions at all. It's been they've only got seven, which is only one more than Tennessee, and that they're in last place. So, but the Packers uh, Packers are best when they're rushing the passers and they're playing pass defense, and I mean that in a way of of their you know the way they get after uh, the quarterback here. I mean, yeah, he perfectly noted there. When it comes to this particular defense, they're so dependent upon the success of their pass rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, they almost 40% of the time they pressure the opposing quarterback. That yeah. That's phenomenal. Um, but then when you break it down and you look at how long it takes, and we've mentioned this a couple times, it takes them a little bit longer to develop their QB pressure um, than it takes for Dak Prescott to comfortably throw the ball. So all things considered, if Dak Prescott gets his status quo level of protection, he should be able to get that ball out quickly and get it to his playmakers. And then that secondary for the Packers, they're they're kind of in trouble in that capacity. When it gets to the red zone, they really struggle in the red zone as far as coverage is concerned, but not necessarily their pressure. They have eight sacks uh, in the red zone, but most of those sacks come on that three or four man front. Yeah. They don't like to send blitzes in the red zone. They don't like to send blitzes on second or third downs either. They're primarily um, first down blitz team. So just some things that the Cowboys can keep an eye on. So in the in the red zone particularly if the Cowboys going right back to you know them being able to protect Dak Prescott if they can negate that pass rush that has eight sacks then it's it's primarily going to be zone coverage and you know Dak Prescott should be able to hit his guys fairly easily yeah they're going to hunt matchups is what they're going to try and do and I think Rashawn Gary it's funny I was talking to uh an advanced scout for another team Mm -hmm. on the way over here and I said hey listen you guys played uh you guys played Green Bay. Tell me about what your concerns were, you know, going forward. I go, I'm watching the tape and I think Rashawn Gary is their best pass rusher. And this guy said absolutely he is. He says you gotta worry about him and Kenny Clark. And those are the two names. But they've got a kind of a good little rotation. Preston Smith's a good mm-hmm. player. Lucas Van Ness, who's a rookie, gets in there. And there's another guy, Carl Brooks. But Gary and Clark are the two that I worry about the most. Because Gary will line up on both sides of the formation. Mm -hmm. But this week, we've said it in weeks past, I I expect this will be the one where Terrence Steele will be the majority of the time we'll probably get uh, get Rashawn Gary here. Joe Barry, the the coordinator for the Packers, he's going to hunt matchups. And he's going to move Gary around. Uh, the the thing that you know he's the most productive player they have. He's the type of player that gives. When you watch Steele play, he's the type of guy that gives Steele trouble. Elite speed, quickness, and agility. Those are the things that kind of. And then Steele kind of with sometimes with power, but he's able to kind of wash some guys. You know, kind of match up that way. But Gary wins a variety of different ways. That's what makes him hard because you watch him break down blockers. And then, because I went back, they went back and watched all all their sacks. And, you know, he's the guy that's kind of the, him and Clark are the ones that are just the ones that are constantly providing the pressure for you. And, yeah. and because those guys, uh, Clark and Gary, are so good at what they do, it helps make the other guys better. And that presents a defensive front that is good at getting pressure at any particular uh, role in, on the defensive line because also look at Preston Smith we know him well from being one once being one half of the Smith bros with him as Darius Smith um, but you know you got him Kenny Clark getting the pressure up the middle De- Devontae White he'll get his his pressures and his sacks yeah. as well so uh, it, it's not entirely unlike the Cowboys defense in the aspect of they can generate pressure from any one of those spots on the defensive line primarily because you have to worry so much about guys like Gary on the outside and a guy like Kenny Clark on the inside. Yeah, one of the interesting things about this defense, and you've been talking about the passing defense, uh, they've only allowed 300 yards plus 
twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 17 games, they've done it twice. Now, here's the interesting part, though, about that. Uh, they have not played a lot of really great teams. Yeah. I think the best, in my opinion, the best of the offenses that they've played uh, have been uh, the Rams. You could put Detroit in there, but Detroit got over 300 yards yeah. passing against them. Right. Uh, but the Rams are probably the best of the teams that didn't get 300 yards, and I don't know if they were at full capacity at that point when they didn't. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, my question for you is, is a lot of what we're seeing with the Packers, uh, particularly in this instance, talking about their pass defense, a result of the teams that they've played, and they've done really well against lesser offenses, mm-hmm. or do you think this really translates against a high-powered offense like the Cowboys? Baker may Mayfield tore him up. Yeah, I, you know, throwing the football. He did. Yep. He, he absolutely did. And you go back and watch that game. But Jair Alexander was suspended because he went out to the previous week against Carolina <laughs> and decided he was going to call heads. Wow. And and you know they're like, listen, that's a bizarre story, man. It's that is a such a bizarre. He's story. from he's from Charlotte, and he thought you know <laughs> right. what? he just decided I'm going. Man. He thought he was in high school again, and you know because it was a local game that he was going to be captain that day. Hey. But uh, he wasn't, and so no. <laughs> they suspended him. And what happened when you watched? When you watch the Tampa game, they tried to they tried to work around him not being in the game, and Carrington Valentine uh, was the was the guy that took his place. Played a lot of zone coverage in that game. I mean, a lot of zone coverage, and and I mean, it's like third and it's third and five, and they're nine yards off, and mm. they're just kind of working underneath, and you're just going, okay, you're going to continue to play soft this whole game? And Baker just bump, bump, bump. There's a couple of times they sacked him. They knocked the ball loose out of his hand one time. I mean, there's pressure that was there. But when it came to throwing and playing pass defense, it was like Joe Barry went into this like conservative, you know, oh, I don't have Alexander today. I'm, 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 I've got to, got to protect everybody out here. He, he's got some issues that he's going to deal with in this game and because – Dallas will, will Dallas will stress you at tight end, and they'll stress you at and I believe they'll stress you at running back. I think this is a week where you need to take advantage of of of, of Walker, and then you know, and also to Campbell, the two linebackers. You know, Patrick always talks about playing underneath and you know, kind of working you know combinations and stuff like that. Walker is a is a blitzer. He's not a cover guy. Right. When they put him in coverage, it's usually bad. Mm-hmm. And Campbell's the same way. They, they, they. I, I would do. And any, these are the two middle linebackers. Yeah, these are yep. the two inside linebackers. Yeah, wow. I would do anything. Like, okay, how do I, how do I get Walker to have to cover? How do I get Campbell to have to cover? They might say, you know, we can't. We, you know, and I, and I wonder. Carolina's tight ends had really a good day against these guys. You go back and watch Carolina play. And it was because of the, the the linebacker play. They just these guys aren't very good cover guys. Now I can say Walker can blitz. That's the one thing he's got a feel for how to do that. But if he's in coverage, I, I think you need to you need to find a way to, you know. But they're gonna they're gonna take C.D. Lamb and they're gonna put Alexander because Alexander will play both sides. Yep. And on third down and long, he'll go down and play in the slot. Yeah. So he's he, they're comfortable doing that. So there. is this Only a game against CD? Yeah, yeah. Is this a game where maybe the Cowboys look at it and say, let's do a lot of twelve personnel and throw out of it because yeah. then you do create scenarios where your linebacker is going to have to. It cover. very well. You got you, two tight ends absolutely. on the field. You're going to have to cover. Yeah, you're you know, and, and that's that. You're absolutely right about that because because if you also another guy that I looked at and and I'm watching him play this Jonathan Owens, their safety. You know, you look at him in coverage like there, and I'm thinking, God, he gives up a lot of plays. And then you go look at the metrics on him. He's given up the most touchdowns of anybody in the secondary of four. 
You know, he's he's given up four touchdowns off 21 receptions. You know, he'll struggle with balance. And I, I'm like, so the Cowboys, like you said, look for the Cowboys to formation maybe Owens into coverage and then maybe these linebackers into coverage as well and, and take advantage of that. Their personnel doesn't match up well against what the Cowboys present. Their scheme, uh, secondary-wise, doesn't match up well with what the Cowboys present. Yeah. Uh, and this is one reason why a couple of days ago I named Jake Ferguson as the possible X factor for the yeah. same reason Brian's saying. Their linebackers do not cover well. They don't want to cover. They want yeah. to go after and get the quarterback. Right. Well, the problem with <clears throat> that against uh, an offense led by Dak Prescott is Dak Prescott excels against the Blitz. So... You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you drop back in coverage and you're one of the Packers linebackers, you don't cover well, he's got you, okay? You blitz him, he's got you. And you just took someone out of coverage, which opens up the middle of the field for slant pad inside slants and Jake Ferguson. And, you know, like you said, maybe run out of a 12. But uh, it, they just it's a very, very bad matchup for this Packers um, secondary. Very bad. Now let's talk about the flip side of that. We talked about what they do well. What they don't do so well appears to be their rush defense. Yeah. Right now they are ranked 28th in the NFL. They have allowed a 200-yard day rushing four times this season. Yeah. That is a lot. Um, but here's the interesting part. Over the last four games, they haven't allowed 100 yards to a team. Uh, that would be Tampa Bay at Carolina at Minnesota, Chicago. We just talked about the fact that we it's like the same team teams. we work for here. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a little yeah. bit of both. Uh, my question is, do you think that these last four games indicate that maybe they have solved their rushing defense type issues? Or do you think it was just the level of competition that they were playing? And, and maybe that's why those numbers weren't. weren't I, I think in the season? I, I think they are who they are. And I think the Cowboys are who they are as well. I mean, I, they're, they're, they're capable of times. Play, they're, they're really similar if you look at, again, if you go in and look at metrics for the two. They're both kind of mid-pack defenses when it, or mid-pack run defenses. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they've given up the fifth most yards. You mentioned all those 200-yard yep. rushers. Yeah. You, know, you watch when people run the ball at them, they don't get off blocks. They really, really don't, and that's and it and it's a common, it's a common theme, and they don't tackle particularly well in the secondary when they have to when they and that happens, so they give up some big plays that way. But I, I think that if I wish I had confidence in Dallas's running game, mm. I really do. I wish I had the confidence to say, yeah, Dallas is going to just line up and they're going to run the football and they're going to show balance here and they're going to. I think Mike's going to try. I think he's absolutely going to try. I, why not? You know, if, until they prove that you can stop them, but I, a lot of it has to do with. I just think that that when you look at how they play, they 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 don't tackle particularly well. Like I said, in the secondary, and they don't and, the, and they get they get blocked. Hats on hats on that front seven when people run the ball at them, and that, that's a that's a problem for them. The funny thing about it is is that the the narrative is that the Cowboys' um, run defense is poor. And it's not poor. You you like it to be more consistent, but it's not poor. The Packers run defense is poor. Yeah. Um, and I mean, for example, because I was breaking it down for Science Lab, which dropped this morning. Shameless plug. Uh, they allow they allow, they have allowed fifty seven runs of ten plus yards yeah. this season. Um, they're averaging one hundred twenty eight rushing yards per game. 4.4, and the list goes on and on. They have a stuff percentage of only nineteen percent. They do not defend the run well favorable matchup for a guy like Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle potentially to get going and if they can get going then that only helps you know potentially open up the passing game more okay so here's the question when you have a situation like this where you're facing a team that where their weakness is is where you would say of all the things the Cowboys do well Mm -hmm. on offense it's also matches up with where your weakness probably is as well 
do you force the issue and say this is a game where we get right and we get our running game going? Or do you just say, hey, we're going at your strength with our strength and we think we're better than you? I view it as their secondary is outside of Jair Alexander. Outside of him, that secondary can be torched. It, yeah. can, it can be torched. We just finished talking about how the linebackers are pouring coverage outside of Alexander, who himself, I know he's missed some games, so he doesn't have any interceptions. They don't yeah. take the ball away well in right. the air. I say you you are who you are in that you are an explosive uh, passing attack. You are more explosive in that aspect when you're at home. And you're at home, by the way. So take advantage of a secondary that will give up chunk yardage. And then you can play. You can use that to play into the fact that they can't defend the run either. So it's still a game where I say you attack the ball, you attack them in the air, try to get up on a fast start, make it a two-possession game, and then you have the comfort level knowing that, hey, Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle could probably sort this game away over the course of the next two quarters, three quarters, however else it needs to be. But I would still attack with the pass first. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Patrick there. The thing that's interesting to me is, though, which team is going to be able to run the ball the best. Yeah. You know, because that, that is the, the, the thing that both teams have to fear is, though, it turns into you're letting the other team rush the passer. Mm-hmm. That, that clearly is the Cowboys' strength, rushing the passer, especially at home. Mm-hmm. The Packers have got to hope, like, hey, our best shot of winning this thing is finding a way not to let Dak Prescott beat us. Because if, if we can't get to him like Patrick's talking about, he'll carve that secondary up. So I, Mike Mike has done a pretty good job. I, I love, you know, the uh, hell if they would have run the ball more in the second half of the game last year they played, you yep. know, they would have won this game. Yep. I think yep. that's what I think that's what kind of got Mike soured on <laughs> Kellen Moore a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know that, you know, damn, we're up two scores and we're sitting there throwing the football. But to Patrick's point, that's what you do: get up and then don't go into a shell. Yep. But find a mix, you know, if you're, mm-hmm. hey, first down throws, second down runs, you know, just kind of just kind of go back and forth with that. Don't just load up on a bunch of, like you did against Detroit, first down runs, and all of a sudden you're sitting in second and eight all day. Because that, that, be, that could be a problem for the, for the Cowboys. And also yeah. a great opportunity for the Cowboys, you know, once they get into the red zone, um, Packers red zone defense as far as the run yeah. goes, it's, it's not great. I mean, they've allowed five more touchdowns than the Cowboys have on only five more attempts. So, you know, they don't clamp down like the Cowboys do. So the Cowboys run defense between the 20s. It can be solid, but they'll allow a chunk play here and there. Mm-hmm. But when they get, you know, go-to-go packages, they clamp. When the Packers get in the go-to-go packages, it's a it's basically a, a turnstile, yeah. right? So yeah. it's a good opportunity for the Cowboys to help build Tony, Rico, and maybe even Hunter Lipke's confidence uh, when they get down there. Yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think the Cowboys have to have a crazy great rushing day to no, win. What I think they should have, though, is I want to look at the end of the day and see are your yards per carry four and a half, if you get up to five. I think that's what you really care more about is when they want to run the ball, Mm -hmm. are they getting success out of it? You don't have to change what you do offensively because I think right now you do what got to you, which is throw the ball. Put the ball in Dak's hand and let him work. Uh, But I do think if your running game can give you something, I think that helps. This this is my my pro personnel friend who I was talking with on the way. He's like, listen, Green Bay's got a good young team. He goes, but that's the problem. They're young. He goes, I don't think they're ready – for the stage they're about to play on now, and we'll see. But that's that's a that that was his opinion. He goes, they they've got players that you absolutely have to be concerned about. He goes, I think the quarterback's going to be fine one day. He says, but there is a really really young team, and he goes, you just he goes, you know, he goes, I watch your team a lot. He goes, you guys got veteran players, you got playmakers, you make it tough on uh, people, and so 
by all means, though, this is a game you should win. Yeah, you know, and that's so. the interesting thing about young teams. You got to put them away. Got to put them away. You let them start that's thinking they got a shot. Yeah. You let them start thinking they yeah. got a shot, yeah. and they're like, "We got a shot." Yeah, that's, and I, young young people don't know what they don't know, right? Yeah, I, I put that exact question to Jordan Lewis in the locker room yesterday. Mm, yeah. I said, "You know, Jordan, you guys have the advantage of being the veterans coming into this. Mm-hmm. You've got playoff experience. You know the magnitude of the game. So advantage there as far as football IQ is right. concerned. However, when you're playing a group of young guys who don't necessarily grasp." how big the stage is, they get to play more loosely. Yeah. Isn't that kind of a challenge in and of itself? And he was like, absolutely. Those guys mm-hmm. are going to go out there, play fast, play yeah. loose, because they know it's a playoff game, but they don't necessarily feel it like a veteran would feel Yeah, they're feel playing it. house money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the veterans, especially those guys that are really long into it, they're like, how many more chances am I going to get yeah. at this? So it really becomes a lot more pressure than when you're in your first, second, third year in the NFL, and you're just like, hey, we're here already? All think, right, let's see what we can do. I you think, know? I, think I, saw, I saw a graphic. I think I had this right. Half their team is gone. On from last year when this two these two teams met, yeah, half wow. of their team is gone. That's crazy. And I mean, it's just that's that's the turnover that they've had from the time the Cowboys played them last year in the regular season to where we are today. And yeah. for though, and to that point, there are a lot of people asking if there's any familiarity that McCarthy can kind of use. Not really. There are only five people on that roster. One Bakhtiari, he's on IR. Yeah. Aaron Jones is the only notable guy that's still on that roster that has that played under McCarthy. So outside of that, there's this is a non an uncommon opponent. Right. And it felt so, changes fast. Man. Yeah, yeah real it fast. Changes yeah. fast. Are we going to take our final? break when we come back we got questions from you guys i'll uh, get to some of those we'll be back dallascowboys.com radio todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash Cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash Cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Enjoy premier dining, shopping, and experiences from over 20 restaurants, shops, and more at the Star District. Check out the Woman's Boutique Flea Style of Frisco. 
and the official boot partner of the Dallas Cowboys, Luke Casey. Enjoy the New Year's celebration at Snowbird Cocktail Lounge, Concrete Cowboy, and City Works Eatery and Poorhouse. Visit thestardistrict.com for the full directory. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Life Nest WBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Have you guys looked at the uh, weather report for Sunday? Yeah. Looks a little interesting there, yeah. doesn't it? Yes. It's going to be interesting. I might I might be calling on you, Brian, because I know you look at those things as a challenge. Yeah. So I may be like, hey, Brian, can you come out and scoop me? Because sure. I don't want that challenge of driving <laughs> if there's going to be ice on the road. It's called feats of strength. Yes, Eric. I know. I'm going to be like, Brian, I need you to come get me because I don't want to get out in that. But yeah, we'll but see. the problem is, though, I have to be at the game three hours early. I'll go with you. Will you go with me? I go three hours early, too. I'm there I tried to convince the guys to, to do the, the, uh, the broadcast outside. <laughs> oh, this okay. He's this, ladies and gentlemen, is Brian Broaddus. Yeah, like that's that's how he Wisconsin. looks at it. You're, you're playing the Packers. Like, this is a challenge. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a, yeah. And you earned home field advantage, so you wouldn't have to be outside. I, 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 anything to do with feats of strength, yeah. I'm all about. Well, let's just say this. I'm guessing your your uh, co-hosts were like, "Hell no, no we're, we're not." Doing I'm, that. I'm inside. The <laughs> they're like Brad no, Sham Radio that. Booth. Yeah, yeah they're not doing that. Hawk is coming this weekend. I said, I said, just give me the give me the wireless mic i'll stand outside and <laughs> talk to people and you would too you i would. absolutely would i would all right let's jump back in we got some questions from you yeah. guys uh really good questions we got today so by let's the way those. Yeah. real quick is today the ninth anniversary of des bryant uh, the, the yes. catch yes it okay because i saw clips of that yes it and we were all standing, we were standing, on, standing the on the sideline side we yeah. were at lambeau field and it wasn't a miserable day no, I was, it was, it was way actually twenty degrees. It was I twenty was degrees. It was way, fine. I was yeah. way overdressed. Yeah. And you, I watched the whole game from the sidelines. I remember that you were the first one to say, "Oh, he's not gonna. Oh, that's not gonna be a catch." Helmet we did. Was it helmet? Helmet. Because we were all standing. And there, I choked you. helmet. I yeah, grabbed we helmet. Like, yeah. And I just, I heard someone say, "Oh, it's not gonna be a catch." And yeah. I was like, "Well," because at first I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, why, yeah. that was the greatest catch I've ever yeah. seen." And then it's like, "What? Huh?" And then yeah. it all starts unveiling. The only, and it's like, oh, gosh, only no. challenge Mike McCarthy won the whole year. Yeah, was that one yeah. the only one? And I remember like being bundled up because I watched the whole game from the sidelines, and, it, and I was way too bundled up for the game. Yeah. But like I remember turning the helmet and grabbing like his coat. <laughs> and, like, Stop he goes, it! He goes. <laughs> Oh, that's not going to be a catch. And I grabbed his lapel and I go, "What are you saying?" And he goes, "That's not going to be a catch, dude." And I'm like, "Oh, what did I just do?" That is, but that's so Helmet though. Helmet always will interject what yes. you don't want anybody to say at yeah. the moment, and it's like you know he's right, but you're like, "Why'd you have to say it? Like, why well, are we saying when, it?" And, and, it, and it was that uh, it was that official guy. What was our? It was a guy with the index card, the official. The, oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, that was the yeah. He was a ref that day as well. Well, yeah. yeah, but anyway, so he and like he went back to the spot where the ball was. Yeah. I'll never forget that is one of the greatest throws and greatest catches because yeah. the ball was coming right at us. Yep. And I looked down, I looked up and saw because I saw Cole Beasley dragging it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking he's going to hit Beasley and he's just going to keep going. We're going to get the first down, fourth down. We're going to keep going, 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 and then try and just bleed this thing. No, Romo just take a shot. Takes a shot. I remember looking at the ball and then looking down at Dez and Sam Shields was in such bad shape on yep. the on the route. Yep. And Dez went up and like he is over the and Sam Shields is just crumpled. Yeah. You know, and it's it's to this day it's one of the greatest catches I've ever seen Absolutely. in my life. But yeah, we were all down there on the field for that. Uh, and I remember it was after that game yeah. was in the locker room. It was the most Bar none, it was the most dejected locker room I've ever been nope. in. I, I saw in that game after that game, yeah. Jason Witten was 
was not happy. And he was, there was a moment when he was trying yeah. to get through it. And you yeah. got to know in locker rooms, it's really tight. You yeah, the Green Bay's locker room is it's, not you got great. a lot of media. Yeah. And Jason's trying to get through. And usually Jason is as nice a guy you yeah. ever want to meet. And he's just kind of like, excuse me, guys, that mm. kind of thing. That day is like, guys, out of the way. Like yeah. He was very like, it, everybody was, in that locker room was pissed. Well, you know why? Because earlier in the year, we went to Seattle. Because that game, if you you know you win the Green Bay game, you're going to Seattle. We went to Seattle and just yeah. smashed them. Yeah. DeMarco Murray, they couldn't stop. Remember the running mm-hmm. game? And it was mm-hmm. just like the, it was the Legion of Boom and all this, that. And, yep. other, and we just went to Seattle and just – and you're sitting there thinking like, we go play at Seattle. We're going to beat we're these. We're okay with that. We're yeah. okay with this. Yeah. We could we could beat these guys. That that Murray fumble, I'll never forget. Yeah. Oh, That's what lost the game. Not not the controversial catch versus non catch. I think the one legged, yeah. But it's it's a lot. You had nothing but green in front of you, yeah. And you let Julius Peppers reach yeah. out and just knock that ball down. Mm-hmm. And of course, considering that Murray had already had fumbles as yeah. an issue that season, yeah. so for me, that's the villain of that game. Well, he had the broken hand, play. right? Didn't he have the broken hand? Was he, did he have it at that point? Yeah, I thought okay. that was a broken hand yeah. situation. Tuck, tuck that ball away. He, I know. He liked, I know. To, he liked to bread loaf that ball. Tuck that ball away. You go down, you get that touchdown, and you're up multiple possessions, and that's an entirely different game from there on. I think that would have been the, the one that demoralized them completely for the rest of the game, the Packers. But, yeah. Rodgers is playing on one it. leg. Yes, yeah. And yeah. With the calf injury. like yeah. But that happened right in front of us. I'll, yeah. I just, I'll yeah. never I, I have the mental image. I still see it very clearly. Oh, exactly yeah. I see the down. ball. Yeah. I see the ball coming right at us. Yeah. And I remember, like I said, looking at Dez, and I'm thinking, he's going to get this ball. Yeah. He's going to get this ball. Yeah. You know, Romo threw it in a boy threw in a beautiful it spot. Was. And the official, the official to that side <laughs> marked it as a catch. Right. That gentleman was right. Yeah. Everybody else was wrong. Yep. He was right. Yep. Yeah. You know, the his, NFL told us job. Yeah, guy <laughs> did his job. Now it's time for some revenge. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. All right, let's get some Sorry questions here. We got a good. No, it's good. We got a question from Jakara uh, Williams. He says, "Do y'all think Fowler needs more playing time?" Heck yes. I know it's been your guy. Put him out there. I talk about. I think. I think he's got this David Irving vibe to him. Sixteen plays, three sacks. Yeah, you know, he's one of those guys. Yeah, you know, David Irving, Packer game in at Lambeau. He played. He made NFC Player of the Week, and he had he played like eighteen plays, and it was one of the greatest stat lines I've ever seen. That's what Fowler does. You play him, and all of a sudden he's he knows how to break guys down. He knows how to get to the ball. He knows how to work games. I mean, yes, more Fowler, please. I, I agree, one hundred percent, and I know that. Um, Quinn and the Cowboys want to try to work in Sam Williams because yeah. he also is Sam's crazy, good too. also crazy yeah. talented. Yeah. Um, but what Fowler does is <laughs> it's a super efficient. It's super efficient. Limited snaps, but impact impact yeah. snaps when he's out there. And then you look at what he did against the Commanders is a perfect example. You're not going to see him take 30, 30 snaps that game. Yeah. But when he's out there, he is something to, to be reckoned with. He plays. He plays eight snaps, and you and you watch him go to the silence. His his Sleeves are ripped because somebody is like yeah. trying like hell trying to keep to him. From, yeah, yeah, somebody is trying to keep him from sacking. He, literally eight snaps and his sleeves are ripped yeah. already. And you're like going, that guy's getting somewhere because yeah. they're having to rip his clothes off him to keep him from getting there. Is he a po- is it a possibility that he's one of those guys? And we know these guys happen or exist. Uh, he's one of those guys that. That's where you're going to get the most out of him. Is yeah. with those limited snaps, putting Possible. him out there more. You may be, you may actually that may be more than he's really capable and, of giving you yeah, great plays with. Probably. It's Probably. possible. You'd have to go back and look at his uh, his first stint with Quinn in Atlanta to see what his rep counts are and his yeah. production at that point. But um, I mean, it's it's always possible that he excels 
because he's in a limited capacity. And if that's the case, then, yeah, keep him in the, the capacity he's in. I, Dan Quinn has the formula. It's working. Um, but he's... You still like the staff, turn a little bit. Yeah, this staff knows how to use yeah. them. Yeah. They need to maybe maybe about just a tad more. Maybe about six more plays. Yeah, like yeah. Five more reps for yeah, you. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> five more it plays. It may not be like be you want to see him like out there the whole yeah. game, but yeah. maybe yeah. Give a, him a few and more, yeah. more plays and a few more plays might be right there. They they kind of have these guys that they they plug them in, and we gotta get to more questions, but they plug them in and they they know for four or five plays they've got to do their absolute best because somebody else is about to come in. And he he fully understands his role. And knock on wood, he Fowler, he's also gotten better with uh, uh, eliminating the penalties, Yeah, the mental errors. So, yeah, absolutely. Jake Rowe asked the question, what are the odds we see Damian Wilson get some time uh, this week or throughout the postseason, barring injury, just him getting worked in? I think you're hard-pressed to, to get yeah. Damian out there barring injury. If, if these guys are still healthy uh, and Donald continues to play at, at his level that he's mm-hmm. at right now, especially in run support, things like that, uh, I don't. I don't see it. It's a different conversation with Lyle Collins because maybe you you activate Lyle and start working in the Hulk package. Um, if you can get past the, the Packers, like we expect that you should, maybe against in the divisional round. But Damian Wilson, I, I really think he's just pure insurance at the position. Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. Anything to kick Clark. Same on the path that he was from the Commanders game. If he can, oh, if he yes. can just keep playing like he did in the Commanders game, that would be a huge plus for this team. It's a question from Albert. Uh, he says, "Is Hunter Lipke still in the doghouse as far as carries are concerned?" And I'll actually send <laughs> the question too: Should he be, or should the Cowboys kind of restart that? Because it seemed like in that game they had a plan that they were going to use him, yeah. and we haven't really seen that since. Should they look back at that and maybe consider using him in the playoffs a little bit more? I think he was in the doghouse. Yeah. Um, and rightfully so. I also think that if he's still in the doghouse, as we have this conversation, it's time to move on. It's time to move on because on that particular on that particular game on that particular drive, he helped you move the chains on he more than one did. occasion. Yep. Um, and yes, his mental error was a big one, uh, and it cost you points. It, it took points off the board. Um, but you have to assume that that's not going to be a consistent issue with Hunter Lipke. So I say going into this game, make him make him another. Uh, Somebody else that the that the Packers have to defend. Yeah, I, Hunter, Hunter Lipke has done a, he's done a nice job as a blocker. Oh yeah. So keep keep you oh, know yes. if you you know he's he's runs. showing he's putting things behind him and, and moving forward. Yeah. That's unfortunate what happened to him. I still yes. hand him the ball. The guy finds a way to get. He needs one. He gets three. You know he's yeah. he's that kind of a. Back. He was a really good and productive running back in college. He catches the ball well yeah. too. Yeah. You know, I mean that that could be an X factor player against a team that struggles at linebacker. You know, it's interesting to me, I, Brian. You were the one that was mentioning this about Chuma Idoga when he had that game where he had those mental uh, breakdowns. Yeah. And, and and you were like, coaches just don't like. They don't. They'll deal with you getting overpowered. Yes. Much more than they will deal with yes. the mental mistakes. Yes. And it makes me wonder if, in the same way, after the Chuma Idoga game like what do we find out a little bit later yeah. that hey they're going to go out and look at Lyle yeah, Collins yep. it makes me wonder if if a similar thing with Lipke where it's just kind of like hey the mental mistakes is what pulled them back and I don't know that they're going to recover right now at a time when the stakes are really really high to be able to give that to allow, to allow him enough times as as occurred that allows him now uh, that trust to be rebuilt well, it's also possible that in going against this Packers run defense, you may not need Hunter Lipke because you should be able to get an average of strong yard per carry from Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle, and that goes to short yardage situations as well. So I don't know that this is necessarily a situation in this particular matchup where they have to hand the ball off to Hunter Lipke and try to test that. Um, but that said, again, 
if he's still in the doghouse, let him out. It's yeah. it, all hands are on deck at this point to try all of your playmakers, anyone who can positively affect the game needs to be given a shot to do so. All right, appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to wrap this thing up. We'll get you ready for that final, uh, our final thoughts on Cowboys versus Packers first round of the playoffs. Till tomorrow for Patrick Walker and Brian Broaddus. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!